Are you ready? I'm ready. Did you even enjoy the film? It was okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go. Hello and welcome to the Deja Vu Duo podcast, episode four, starring Isaac. And Sarah. This week we watched a film that I think escaped our memory for a while until we saw it as a bit of a meme on the internet. A film called Help, I'm a Fish that came out, I believe it was like 98 in Denmark. Yeah. Or 2000 in Denmark. I think it's 2000 in Denmark and 2001 kind of everywhere else. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like, let's start off by saying, oh, this is a Danish movie. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> it, th- this is a Danish movie that got dubbed into English, um, starring, well, the two main people who famous English actors in this were Alan Rickman and Terry Jones. And Sarah, I'm going to just have to defer to you on giving the plot because this was a strange experience of a movie. Yeah, I think, um, I'll preface by saying that it being a Danish movie and therefore kind of obviously not a Disney movie. There was a lot of things in it that I think took me off guard. I think because we're so used to a specific style of animation and a specific, even kind of a specific genre of children's movies that this doesn't follow, you know, your classic Disney, Disney plot. So, um, yeah, I think maybe that for me, some of that took me off guard a little bit. Maybe that was the same with you. But so, yeah, let's let's talk about what happens in the film. So the film is about um, three kids, a brother and a sister named Fly and Stella and their cousin Chuck, who is voiced by Aaron Paul. Obviously, this was 20 years ago. Um, he was not famous. Um, so Fly is like your classic cool kid. Stella is his little sister. Who... Fly, Fly reminded me of like TJ from Recess. Yeah, yeah, that, exactly that kind of character. Um, and Stella was his little sister who really, really looked up to him and like really wanted, really wants to just kind of tags along a little bit. Um, and Chuck is their very nerdy cousin, um, very into science, very sort of awkward. So their parents, Fly and Stella's parents, um, go out for the night and. Chuck and his mum, so Fly and Stella's aunt, come to stay with them. So their aunt is meant to be babysitting them. She falls asleep and they kind of sneak out, all three of them. Well, Fly convinces all of them to sneak out, basically. Um, And they sneak out to go fishing. And while they're out, they're fishing, the tide rises and they're kind of trapped. Sort of, I don't really, I don't really know how to describe where they were, kind of like a sandbar out in the ocean. Um, They discover this secret laboratory, which is owned by this professor called Professor McCrill, who um, tells them all about how he's developed this potion to turn humans into fish. Stella accidentally drinks the potion, gets turned into a starfish. Fly, not realising that the starfish is Stella, even though, as I've written in my notes, she legitimately has, like, hair and a skirt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the the fish was strange really made me laugh. Um, He tosses her out into the ocean just as Chuck realises watching the video footage from the professor was trying to record the transformation, uh, realising that the starfish is Stella. So they um, set out to try and find Stella, but they get trapped in a storm. Uh, Fly decides to drink the potion, realising that they're not going to find Stella any other way, and so Chuck follows suit. They believe that the professor has died in the storm. Um... 
However, he he hasn't died. We find that out pretty soon that he's actually fine. Um, he gets washed ashore. Yeah. The parents become aware that the kids are missing, so they start looking for the kids, sort of, meanwhile. We don't really see these scenes till a little bit later, but the parents do realise pretty quick that their kids are missing. So the three kids are now fish, and the antidote... Oh, there's an antidote to the potion. I feel like I should have mentioned that before. Um, the antidote leaks out of the bottle and, like, goes into the ocean and is sort of unknowingly consumed by the shark and who I believe was initially his sidekick, which is this fish that looks exactly like the Joker and was voiced by Alan Rickman. And when I say looks exactly like the Joker, I mean, picture the animated Joker from the series in your head. Like the one that's like now voiced by Mark Hamill. That is exactly what this fish looks like. (laughs) I didn't think about that at the time, but yeah, he he, like that's, yes. Um, So... The fish, whose name is Joe, uh, quickly sort of the the antidote. So the antidote, of course, is to make having one turned into a fish then turn back into a human. So the fish t- drinking the antidote kind of become more intelligent, more human-like. However, because they've only consumed a little bit of it, they essentially just become more intelligent fish. So Joe quickly becomes this very intelligent Alan Rickman fish. Um, and the shark becomes his sort of henchman. He, they don't show this till like, there are a few more scenes then with the kids, but he then seems to form a society within minutes. I'm going to interject there because <laughs> I feel like we need to talk about this. Like it so, threw me off. I was like, oh my God, like already? So the professor says early on that uh, they have to take the antidote within 48 hours. Otherwise they permanently become fish. But somehow this alan rickman joker fish has created this entire society in like half a day like it's it's, it's like you, when we were talking about shark tale and the level of society there it was like it level it, it was almost to that level within it was like, like 12 they were hours fish with we are kind of explicitly told they've just got like fish brains like they're not intelligent fish or anything they become intelligent and then instantly it's like like a disney movie level yep. of so basically and the reason we find this out is i'm gonna kind of skip forward a little bit because it's not that important but basically they the three kids get reunited as fish they uh adopt this seahorse that stella found earlier while they were human and who she wanted to keep as pet um who does not gain intelligence or anything by the way it's just legitimately just a little seahorse that they become friends with um so basically yeah they reunite they're kind of like oh i've got to find out what's going on and then they find some fish and they hear them talking and they're like oh my god these fish can talk like they what's happened they go and ask them and they're like oh joe gave us some of his potion special potion and now like we're smart and they're like waiting for a bus and then they all get on this bus together it's like a a bus with currency like already it's all these things that i know took humanity thousands of years (laughs) to develop we didn't have money for a long time the good old days of bartering exactly it was goods and services only i it was that was the one thing that i was i i think generally you watch a children's movie you kind of suspend disbelief like like we talked about with shark tale but like ha 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 fish society but when you're kind of so explicitly told like there's a time frame where they go from being just fish swimming around to having a fully functioning society it really threw me off anyway Back to the plot. So 
they swim to sort of Joe's headquarters where he kind of has this like 1984-esque militaristic thing going on. He's like, everyone is kind of singing his praises. I forget to mention, this is a musical. There are songs. Um, and he, yeah, he kind of has this like scar from the Lion King number and they get there and they're like, they have this really stupid plan where they just try and steal the antidote straight from him. Um, Chuck smartly points out, like, we can't just steal it and drink it because we're underwater and we'll drown. Um, the only person who makes any sense in this movie <laughs> is this nerdy cousin. Um, so Joe realizes pretty quickly that these are not fish who became intelligent, but rather humans who became fish. And says, oh, you're gonna make me more of the antidote so that we can all become even more intelligent. Um, and they kind of imprison the three kids in this like cage with a crab that's guarding them. Um, they manage to escape with the help of Sasha the seahorse um, and they decide to make the antidote themselves. Um, as they, they make the antidote themselves, manage to do it, but then Joe and all of his henchmen appear. Uh, Joe manages to drink the last of the original antidote and sort of becomes even more intelligent. Um, they kind of try to escape, but then Fly gets injured. At this point, Chuck basically takes over as the brains of the operation and is like, nothing has gone right so far, I'm doing it myself. And pretty quickly is like, okay, so the professor had a pump that led from the ocean to his, to his lab, so we'll just go up that pump. Has a bunch of brilliant ideas along the way to get them up there without dying. Very sort of the fish trying to escape the tank in Finding Nemo scene. I'm saying, using all these references as if like, I doubt the creators of this movie cared about any of that, you know. Um, so they get back up to the lab, uh, but Joe manages to follow them up. Um, they manage to, what happens then? Oh yeah, they go, the reason they're going to the lab is because there's more antidote there. I don't know if I made that clear. Um, so they get up to the lab and in the meantime, the parents have managed to track where their kids have gone and they are also at the lab because they know that's where they were last seen. So they've re they've met the professor and quickly learned that their children have been turned into fish. Um, so they, all of them are now in the lab. Uh, it's sort of overflowing. Fly manages to trick Joe into drinking the antidote, like loads of the antidote underwater by sort of, mocking his intelligence and sort of suggesting that he won't be intelligent until he becomes a person and then he tricks him by saying you know and now you're gonna drown because you're a human now um so they manage to get the they manage to get the antidote they all become human even though fly was basically close to death and then he like comes back as a human and just has like a broken leg um and then right at the end, they're all playing on the beach and Stella's really sad because she misses Sasha. Um, and then she finds Sasha again and Chuck and the professor whip up a new potion that turns Sasha the seahorse into just like a pony that just looks like a seahorse. And they all live happily ever after. That's a nice ending. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie? Well, what are I'm... some things you liked about the movie? I'm... Okay. 
I need to say this first because <laughs> this really threw me off. So I, this is on Amazon Prime if anyone's interested in watching. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> you know how Amazon Prime has those ads that come up before the thing starts? The one for this was um, the Prime ad was Pink Fong, as in the Baby Shark people singing Baby Shark, oh, singing Baby Shark, telling people to wash their hands. Oh, ooh. <laughs> I mentioned this because it threw me off immediately trying to watch the movie. <laughs> Anyway, um, that's not related to the movie. What did I think about the movie? Honestly, I think... And I'm finding this with a lot of children's movies that we've been watching. The beginning parts of the movies are a bit difficult to get through. Like, this one, the only reason it was difficult was I felt like... Up till they go get turned into fish, it was really, really, really quick. Like, everything just happened, like, immediately. I think that was a good thing yeah, that's what i mean in in the end because i wrote that down and then by the end of the movie i was like actually it's good they got all that stuff out the way quickly because the rest of the movie was nice seeing what they're doing underwater and actually that's ultimately what anyone watching this movie would end up caring about more i yeah i think it's worth noting that a child watching this movie is not going to be like hey what how are they turn into fish Ah, oh, they're going to be like yeah, now we're at the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I think you're completely right. But, I mean, that was the first thing. And um, it, it, considering this is one of these movies that I think existed as uh, existed when we were children. And people, I think a lot of people watched it. Because I remember watching this film with other people at, like, a playgroup or something like yeah, that. Yeah, this is the thing with this movie. And so, um, a couple of things. So, we kind of remember this movie because... Maybe a couple years ago, or maybe even more recently, there was a meme or a tweet going around being like, did anyone else see this film, or is it sort of a fiction of my imagination? And it was the cover art for this film, and it unlocked this sort of primal memory in me of watching this movie. And I think the same for both of us. We were like, oh my gosh, yeah, I remember this film. It had almost like, we'd completely forgotten about it, and it had almost felt like, when I imagined the film, I was like, I think I've made it up. Or I think I was, I thought to myself, like, I must be conflating different films with each other and thinking of a diff- thinking it's a separate film. But no, it exists. And then, so that was a thing that I felt of like, oh, I'm like one of the minority who's seen this film. But then I even mentioned to my friend Nat the other day, I was like, oh, and me and Isaac are going to talk about Help, I'm Efficient. She was like, oh, I remember that movie. There's some really great music in it, which is a thing that I hadn't even remembered. Yeah, I... Well, it's funny you say that because I liked, I liked the music in this. I yeah, think me too. I thought the sound, like the general soundtrack, was good, not or score, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, the score was good, and then the the like, the the soundtrack was good as well. So they play the same songs a couple of times, like at the beginning and the end, and they are very kind of Euro poppy kind of songs. But yeah. I think they fit in with the tone of the movie as well. Um, and yeah, no, that was just it. The music was good. Honestly, this, what I felt, what I liked about this film was, and I think this is indicative of European animation Mm -hmm. compared to, I'm going to say American because we, like in the UK, there isn't a ton of UK animation. I mean, the UK animation is like Oddman, which is very different. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, which is very different. But what I think generally in uh, sort of Hollywood and US animation, you either get purely hand-drawn or you get purely uh cgi computer or 
computer animation. Whereas this had a way of blending the two really nicely where the majority is hand drawn, but then you get these moments where it's clearly computerized. Like there's this moment where they, one of the ingredients for the antidote is, um, is ink from an octopus. And the, the octopus is clearly uh, computer generated compared to the hand drawn fish. Yeah, and it I noticed gives, that as well. And it gives this air of like it being a lot more scary. It works better the way they did it in this than... I also think I agree when, when you say it's sort of about European versus American animation, but also the time period there was more of that going on where... Um, there was a move to more like computer yeah, animation. Yeah, and so you'd see some movies with it would be hand-drawn, but they'd have sort of backgrounds that were CGI or a couple of things that were CGI. But I think it's it was less harsh in this movie than in a lot of other movies. I managed to kind of make it look more seamless, which I was impressed by. Um, I also just think that it was... Again, like, I can't help but compare it to Disney in that I don't think it's... This is not a critique of the film, but I think we forget that for as long as we've been alive... Disney have been pumping out films essentially by formula. They have uh, focus groups. I know for a fact that when they made Frozen, they tested kids with stuff like which of these colours is sort of more appealing to you. And so it would be sort of... um, They used colour palettes that they knew would appeal to children. And this lacked that and it felt a lot more authentic because of it. It was genuinely just a film rather than something created to then market toys and market spin-offs and stuff. It was just sort of a standalone thing on its own. And, you know, I think that has its flaws in that I think that making films according to knowing what people like means that, yeah, more people might like it. But there was something sort of a bit more grounded about this, if that makes sense, despite the ridiculous premise. I think that's a good point you make, especially because sometimes when... I think if you compare American animation in particular to other places, sometimes, I mean, for lack of a better term, it can look a bit janky. Yeah. This this worked very well and it was completely, like, I completely agree with you. They weren't focused on making a children's movie, mm-hmm. even though it was for children. They were fo- focused on making a movie that was animated and, you know, they were, like, you can tell all they cared about was telling the story properly uh, making these characters like for a while during the movie I thought these characters are going to be a bit dull but especially with Chuck I think he had a really nice arc of I like agree. this stuck up smarty pants to like ending up he's the hero of the story in the yeah. end and Fly accepts him and doesn't just look down on him as a well, nerd I even thought that his there younger was... cousin looks up to him as well it's re- that there was, was something really nice. really nice about the fact that even at the beginning of the movie really I think that if this had been a Disney film, if Disney had made this film, it would have been sort of Fly hated his little sister and then he had to go save her and that's why we learned to appreciate her kind of thing. And they didn't have that kind of moral. It was like the siblings liked each other from the beginning. They had a happy, loving family. Or For the most part, it was all sort of fine. The adults weren't completely useless. They managed to find the kids in time. They had the aunt who was you know the aunt was of kind character. of like yeah the sort of i guess comic relief and the yeah. professor but for the most part it was like especially fly and stella's parents they weren't 
very cartoony. They were like, they seemed like normal, rational parents who were worried about losing their children and trying to do everything they can to find them. Yeah, so I just, I, I'm not going to lie and say I didn't get kind of bored through the movie, but I feel like for me that was not anything to do with the content of the film and just, you know, it was so clearly aimed at children in a way that um, something like, we talked about Shark Tale and how it really struggled to find that balance. Whereas I think this very smartly was like, this is a children's movie. And it didn't mean it was, um, it didn't mean it was boring. It just meant that at times I was like, okay, I know where this is going. There, there were times where it was a bit disengaging. Yeah. Where you can just, you you could switch your brain off for about five minutes and not miss anything. Exactly. Um, and I think that was fine. Um, One interesting so yeah. thing I thought about that actually is, and something you don't see in, like, in Western, well, not that Denmark's not Western, <laughs> but, like, in uh, American um, animated movies, is this was somewhat violent, like, comparatively. I completely agree. Well, I, even pretty early on, and let me just get my notes I mean, I, 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 early on, when before that shark becomes... Um, more intelligent he just eats a crab and you see all the There's blood, blood. Stream. All, that's it, exactly what i put the note all on the well. blood stream through the ocean and it's not like that little bit you see in finding nemo where the shark smells it like this is like it, if anyone's like clearly this crab has been killed and there's blood yeah and it's it's like if anyone's ever watched like japanese anime where it's very clearly showing people bleeding it was that sort of level yeah. except it was all fish yeah. But they, there were times where the shark just goes around eating other fish with no regard. Um, when when Flynn... Flynn? Fly. Fly. <laughs> Flynn would have been a better name for that character. But anyway. <laughs> when, when Fly gets... Uh, when Fly gets attacked by that crab, he's like f- brutally beaten up. Like it's a bit, not distressing, but he's like, he's got two massive black eyes. He looks like he's dying. Yeah. There's blood. There was a, I think some blood comes out of him. It's quite like brutal. And when they kill Joe, the, f- um, the weird joker fish, he's, he like, this transformation into a human is quite, distressing. it's quite horrifying. If anyone has seen the 1980s, movie the fly with jeff goldblum it's like that <laughs> and he he's just like a corpse that floats to the bottom of the it's ocean so it's creepy. quite creepy but i think that was good i think i liked that it was quite blunt about the seriousness of some of it yeah and there wasn't any of this tiptoeing around death and i'm not saying that all children's movies do that because i don't think they do i think there's a lot of oh the so-and-so passed away but or so-and-so is going to come and kill you but this was like, you'll die. And also, here's some examples of death. And also, this is what death looks like. And it was not done in a sort of violent, not particularly violent or upsetting way, but it was definitely more... I don't know, I kind of felt like it was good that it was the kind of thing you probably shouldn't tiptoe around, really. Yeah, I I noticed that as well. There was just actual blood and actual killing. I think one thing I want to touch on before we look into things we didn't like was i remember watching this as a kid thinking because we it, like we already said and like nat explained as well that we all had some sort of like cognitive dissonance to this movie and watching it again i realized there is something weirdly like eerie and trippy about it i don't know if it's the animation style specifically but or the music mixed with the animation but there is something to do with it it's like if anyone's ever seen and this is an American movie. If anyone's seen Anastasia, 
Yeah. There's something about it where it creates this atmosphere of feeling a bit like But similarly, out of I it. think Anastasia isn't a Disney movie. And I think maybe it's something to do with like, again, it's an animation style that, I mean, maybe this says more about how we've been conditioned by Disney, but because it's slightly unfamiliar. Whereas even now, so much of Disney animation, you can see the roots in, if you go back to the Jungle Book and stuff where it's like that really old school animation, but a lot of just the movements are very similar and stuff like that. I mean, that. Dis Dis Disney's known to reuse yeah. animation stills. Yeah, of course. So yeah, I think maybe it's just because it's something we're not used to, but I completely agree. It's there's something about it that just feels like what the hell am I watching? <laughs> yeah, and I don't... And I th see, I went into this movie thinking that would affect my liking of it. And actually, not that I would necessarily watch it again, but I think it does enhance the experience. Which, as a child, I think part of... That's the reason why a lot of people forget it. Because it's not by numbers. It's not standard. It's not designed, like you said, necessarily to stick in our minds. Yeah. So... It's I mean, not... It's, yeah. it's not you know, made by, like, focus group, the way that a lot of movies are. Um, but yeah, what did you like less about it then? Um, I mean, okay, this was the first thing that stuck out to me, was, and I know, and we keep saying it, it's a children's film, but they keep making these sidekicks, like, so goofy, like, the shark, when he becomes intelligent, and I'm saying that with air quotes, is, like, so stupid. Yeah, that, I mean, the... even Alan Rickman's fish character is very, like, shark, you're an absolute moron. I mean, the <laughs> there was a part that made me laugh, which was when uh, the Alan Rickman fish is, like, basically, it's when the crab and the shark let uh, the crew go get away, and then he tells the shark to kill the crab, and then he tells the shark to eat himself. He's like, you're the executioner, execute this crab, and then eat yourself when you're done, and it is genuinely quite funny. <laughs> I, I, I know that we're on the things we don't like, but Alan Rickman is joyful in this film. His well, character is the best part of this movie by far. Both the, like, famous English actors yeah. in this were clearly, like, having a nice time, like, recording the lines and, like, really chewing it up. Like, Terry Jones as the professor was clearly, like, fully into this whole, I'm an eccentric uh, professor who's also very nice and sweet. Yeah, and, and Alan Rickman really leans into the evil of it. And it's really, I mean, it, it is so, per like, even just being a voice role, it's so perfect for him. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and, yeah, so there's so many of his lines are genuinely really funny, but... Um, yeah, I agree. But I agree that it was typical, kind of like, oh, this is like, the shark's stupid. I get it. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, that was maybe like one thing I thought was a bit silly. Um, but for for the most part, it was just I didn't really have any major issues that I can think of now. I mean, I'm just looking at my notes. It's like it's it's just small things. So like the uh, original potion they take. So the whole thing about Stella drinking it is that she's thirsty, yeah. right? And she keeps asking for lemonade, but then the potion's red, and that just didn't sit right with it me. It was very strange. She's like, oh, lemonade. I was like, girl, what? Yeah, I mean, it's just... It, it was just small... It was small things like that. I didn't like... I didn't like Chuck's characterization at the beginning, just because 
it felt quite kind of very stereotypical nerd yeah. where it's just like oh well quantum physics and they're yeah, trying yeah, yeah. to do this and if you uh, triangulate the patterns like it was all that you know that nerdy kid in jimmy neutron yeah it's exactly <laughs> like that but and i think they redeem themselves in the yeah. way with chuck in the way that they make him the hero and then he uses his intelligence really well to get them out of the sticky situations yeah so i think that worked really well I mean, yeah, for the most part, there weren't any... I don't think I had any major criticisms. One thing I do wonder, though, is if we lost anything in translation. Because mm. they would have they would have for sure switched things up just so it, you know, fits the mouth movements better. And so that it makes more sense in the English language. And I'm wondering if there was any of that. I, Even, I don't know. Um, that reminds me. I mean, it's slightly slightly different. But have you seen... There's a clip from Wallace and Gromit where they talk about how in in America in 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 the UK in the actual one he says oh Gromit look at your prize marrow and it turned out that Americans didn't know what a marrow was and so they make him say melon because it's the only like similar enough fruit slash vegetable that matches the mouth movement even though um, oh i didn't know that even though it's a completely different thing um but yeah and i think it's it's really interesting and i think that you're right i think maybe some of that happened here but i also not to the point where i think it affected the story in any way because yeah. like we both clearly understood what was going on we didn't really have to fill in the gaps for anything no. i think if you've ever watched like badly dubbed anime you can you can tell because they they're limited by how much mouth movement there is and sometimes the things being said in Japanese are so complicated and vast that they just dumb it down to the point where it loses all meaning but I think in this it didn't seem that there was any issue with that maybe because it's also a kids movie that... I also think you and I have watched a lot of badly dubbed anime in our lives because we used to watch Japanese TV shows in India so they were like dubbed in Indian English yeah and so I think that our expectations are maybe often low. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's fair. Um, but I do think, I agree. I think sometimes there were bits where I was like, maybe, I mean, maybe even just sort of cultural things might have made more sense. But then again, I was thinking, if this is set in Denmark, the ecosystem of the sea made no sense based on that. They're like coral reefs. Yeah, it was strange, wasn't it? I didn't. I didn't even <laughs> think that about that. Not that that matters really. Again, it's it's it doesn't matter. Um, there was something that annoyed me. What was it? This isn't again. It's not a big deal. It just says the kids are way too okay with realizing that they're fish. Like they kind of have a moment of like, oh my god, we've turned into fish. And like I get that they knew that that was except for maybe Stella. They kind of knew it was coming, but they're just like, oh, we're fished out. Ugh. Oh well, time to get on our way. Yeah, I mean. You know, but then that can be also seen as a good thing, like we were saying earlier, like about how it was so fast paced at the yeah. beginning. Like it didn't, them being fish, not phasing them. Did I feel like that would have weighed down the movie if they were trying to deal with the fact that they were fish? The existential <laughs> question. Yeah. <laughs> Which that actually reminds me of something that it's not that I didn't like it. It was just, and we touched on it earlier. Something that just was so jarring was the fact that they still have certain human characteristics. So the hair was the obvious one yeah. for Stella and uh, Fly. Fly has a hat. But then Fly has his hat on the whole time and Chuck has his glasses. And they even, 
I had a moment of thinking, like, for up to a point, which I'll explain, I thought, oh, it's, like, weird that they've turned into fish with the characteristics that they had before as part of the fish body, but it's not because they then take the glasses off Chuck. So it's like he's just a jellyfish wearing glasses. And I was like, why, why did he have those? I mean, it, it's silly and it, do, it doesn't really affect the film. It's just like, there were times when I was watching, I was like, why is, why is Fly wearing a hat? Yeah. You know, if I'd watched this with a little kid, I wouldn't have said anything. Like, I would have just been like, ha ha ha, we're having a good time watching the film, aren't we? But, like, watching it on my own, I was just sort of sat there thinking, what? <laughs> why Why you have pigtails? It makes no sense. Because starfish have pigtails. Oh, that's very strange. I mean, was there anything else that you found negative? Because, I mean, for the most part, it wasn't... I don't think there really was anything. I mean, it's more kind of the feeling that... I I kind of think if I had watched this maybe when we were like a couple of years older in a way that in or even if it had been the kind of movie that you know you just children kind of just imprint on certain films they just decide they're their favorites like i loved aladdin we both were really into the lion king um it's like with like moana and frozen now yeah and like our family friend's daughter she loved moana and she would literally watch it all the time um and so I think if it had been a movie like that and I'd watched it now, I would have maybe liked it more in a way because there's a kind of sense of nostalgia that I think was missing because we'd forgotten so much of it. Yeah. Um, I don't think that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's just a point <laughs> that I'm making. I think uh, you're right. I think because it wasn't like... It, it was this weird thing that was, you know, it was a Danish movie. For some reason, they dubbed into English brought it over to the UK and everyone watched it but it was never because it wasn't highly marketed parents I don't think parents would have really known what it is either they would have just seen a cartoon that was being sold and being like okay yeah we it also looks like a fake movie like it looks like it's an you know you get these like weird knockoff films yeah, like Turtle Tales was yeah. something that was for some reason suggested to me after this. Well, you get films like that and you get a lot of... Um, I remember, I think this was just on Twitter, I saw someone being like, I found the like, version of Tarzan that my dad bought me from Hong Kong and it's like just fake Tarzan. Like it's a, clearly a real movie that someone sat down and animated, but it's not the original Tarzan. And I think that even just based off the cover art, it'd be easy to think that this film is one of those. And I don't think the title necessarily helps. Yeah, I agree. Because it's help exclamation mark, I'm a fish exclamation mark. And that's like directly translated from the Danish title as well. So um, it's a bit... a little known yeah. secret, that's where Panic! at the Disco got their name from. I don't think that's, that's true. That's a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but you believe me for a split second, I saw it in your face. <laughs> But they got, you know what, we're not going to talk about back at the disco right now. <laughs> um, moving on. Um, I don't really have anything else to add. If you were going to rate it, Sarah, where where are you going to put this? Are you going to put it lost to the sands of time or what do we say, keep? Put it in the archives. Put it in the archives. I, here's the thing. This is a difficult one because in a way I feel like this film has already been lost to the sands of time. But I don't think it should be. I think... I think... 
I don't know if I had to babysit a child and I was like, God, we're going to put on a movie. I don't know what's appropriate. I could show him this yeah. and it would be fine. And there aren't honestly a ton of movies. I feel like 100% confident on that feeling. Yeah, I I mean, like, let's just compare it to our other fish movie, Shark Tale. <laughs> I would be a lot more comfortable showing a kid this movie than Shark Tale. Yeah, I don't like, want them I... having questions about why the sexy fish was there. Like, they <laughs> have to ask themselves that in this. I think a child would understand this more and just enjoy it more. Yeah, so... I think this is maybe more entertaining. And just, here's the thing, it's not... Maybe this is the reason people have forgotten about it. It's not super memorable. That's the big issue, I think, with it. There aren't, that... like, any major memorable moments. Apart from, for me, that octopus moment is the main one, just because it, I really like the animation in it. Yeah, I agree. Um, and, you know, we this is the thing. We remember some of the funny moments, but, like, I don't think they'd be super funny to a kid. And they don't stand out in the way that some... The comedy in some children's movies does. Yeah. Um, so... I might say lose to the sands of time, even though I think it's, I think it's a bad movie. I just think it's not, it's not great. It's not, it's not good enough for me to be like, oh wow, like that's really impressive for a kids movie. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I would, I want it to be in the archives, but I think unfortunately, it's going to be lost to the sands. I of just, time. I also think, um, even maybe to make a slightly more appropriate comparison if you look at something like the moomins i don't know how familiar you are with the moomins no so the moomins they were originally like a comic strip there it's a danish thing do you know what the moomins are they're the little little white guys they like kind of look like hippos oh yeah okay yeah no yeah yeah so that was um i'm saying danish and i'm gonna just quickly giggle it because i'm really embarrassed if i'm wrong and it's actually like a different scandinavian country <laughs> um but they were a comic strip and they're kind of very they're finnish i was very close but again still a more appropriate comparison um so they there's like books and then there's been films and tv shows and again i think it would be very like very different from what we expect from an american animation but i think that the reason that's such a cultural landmark in finland is like the biggest thing to come out of finland and it's very sweet very accessible and memorable like the design of those characters you recognize very quickly and even like they have like a little family and the family dynamics and all the characters it's all very recognizable yeah i think that something like that works better whereas this the designs of the fish weren't that like anything that i really remembered and a lot of the they plot quite, wasn't, yeah. i didn't remember most of the plot it was quite a I mean, like, the fish are quite generically designed. I'm not going to be, like, like, if I saw a toy of, like, fly as a fish in the store, I don't think a child would immediately be like, oh, that's fly from the movie. Yeah. In the same way that, like... You see I, Olaf and you're like, that's Olaf. You see, and but, like, even a more apt comparison, something like Nemo. Yeah. It's like, even though him and his dad are the same colors and stuff yeah you clearly like that's nemo yeah um so yeah i think yeah it's sad but it's kind of just how it is yeah r.i.p help on the fish <laughs> r.i.p joe r.i.p joe and r.i.p and the crab 
the crab. I couldn't remember its name. I think the shark was just called shark. I think the crab was just called crab as well. Okay, I don't know why Joe had to have a name. Yeah, it was weird. It's just like, oh, this is Joe. And why was that his name? Anyway, <laughs> RIP to all of them. Uh, thank you to everyone who was listening. Next week, we'll be back with, I think, either Camp Rock or a Pokemon special. Yeah, let's decide on that now. <laughs> we'll decide. We'll decide later. I haven't decided yet. Okay. <laughs> okay, thanks. Bye. Bye.